2: There is a war against you, ladies and gentlemen. There is a war against you going on, and it's being waged not by China, not by Russia, not by Iran. It's being waged on you by your own federal government. They're the ones that are doing this, and and guess who's going right along with them? All of the networks are going along with them. If you are a white Christian, or just a Christian in general, there's a war being waged against you by the federal government. Listen to this. This is from Jim Jordan. Oh, my goodness. I just want to read this. Uh, Let's see. From uh, uh, the Congress of the United States House of Representatives, Committee on the Judiciary, Mr. Noah Bischoff, Dear Mr. Bischoff, the Committee on the Judiciary and the Select Subcommittee of the Weaponization of the Federal Government are conducting oversight of federal law enforcement's receipt of information about an American citizen without legal process and its engagement with the private sector. Based upon documents obtained by the committee and Select Subcommittee, we believe that you, as the former director of the Office of Stakeholder, Integration and Engagement in the Strategic Operations Division of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network possess information necessary for our oversight. We ask you to appear for a transcribed interview. The committee and select subcommittee have obtained documents indicating that following January 6th of 2021, FinCEN distributed material to financial institutions that, among other things, outlined the typologies of various persons of interest and provide financial institutions with suggestions, uh, suggested search terms of merchant category codes, MCCs, for identifying transactions on behalf of federal law enforcement. These materials included a document recommending the use of generic terms like Trump and MAGA to search Zelle, uh, Zelle Payment Messages, as well as prior to uh, Fincen uh, um, analyst the lone age listen here's what they flagged here's what the federal government flagged on american citizens if you did, if you search for terms like maga you were flagged if you search for terms like trump you were flagged if you bought a religious text like a bible with your credit card, you were flagged. If you shopped at Bass Pro Shops, you were flagged by the federal government. Just, I swear to you, I thought I I thought I could do all of those things. I thought I could say Trump. I thought I could say MAGA. I thought I could buy a Bible or anything anything with any religious connotation whatsoever. I thought I could shop at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, all I wanted to. And I really didn't think that the federal government had any business in any of that. But because those are the things that they associate with, with, with January the 6th and, and, and the MAGA movement, they're now flagging you. Please understand, if you listen to this show, if you're online listening to this show, if you're streaming this show, if you've called this show, if you've emailed this show, if you've interacted with us in any way in social media, you've been flagged. And it's not this show. It's Tara shows. It's Frady shows. It's all the shows. They're looking at you. Good grace. Could you imagine if you listened to this show, shopped at Bass Pro Shops, <laughs> bought a MAGA uh, T-shirt or a MAGA hat, Oh, my goodness, they probably got a file on you as, as thick as a New York phone book. Uh, I swear, I didn't think that was their job, but apparently it is. It is their job, especially you white Christians. That's the ones they really hate. I mean, after all, that's the one people like uh, Joy Reid hates. You're the one she hates, aren't you? Of course they are. In fact, here's what Joy Reid said after Trump won Iowa. This is
0: a state that is overrepresented, over-represented by white Christians that are going to participate especially in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight.
2: Yeah, it's the white Christians. And then she goes on to say that the only reason that Nikki Haley lost, well, you know the reason Nikki Haley lost Iowa, right?
0: I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the
2: appeal to white people. So, since Nikki Haley, I guess, isn't white in Joy Reid's eyes, obviously the reason that she didn't win Iowa was racism. They're just racist. Oh, it's got nothing to do. With her flip-flopping on every single issue, it's got nothing to do with her saying that Hillary Clinton was an inspiration to her. It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's just pure racism. I mean, it's got nothing to do with the fact that people just don't like her. It's racism. So again, white Christians are a problem in Iowa. And, and, Christianity, and Christians in general don't have to just be white. All you gotta do is ask uh, C.J. Stroud of the Dallas Texans. C.J. Stroud of the Dallas Texans did an interview after the game on Saturday when the Texans beat the, the, the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC Wild Card Playoff. One, this is the interview as it aired on uh, it was it was it NBC was it NBC yeah NBC or yeah. So here's the interview with C.J. Stroud. Yeah.
1: First foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise to my Lord and Savior of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing being.
2: All right, let's play that for you again.
1: First foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise to my Lord and Savior
2: of Jesus Christ. Okay. So then NBC posted this interview on their social media. Let's take a listen to it now.
0: CJ, your first playoff game and your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean?
1: I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but the love.
2: I'm sorry. Did you notice anything missing there? Did you notice something missing there? Yeah. When he said, I want to give, you know, praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They edited that out, completely took it out. no no there's no war on christianity there's no war on christianity i've even heard somebody that professes themselves to be a great christian on the radio saying there's no war on christianity my butt my butt you know it's happening and he knows it's happening he just doesn't want to admit it there you go so pretty amazing the country that we live in, that we never thought we would live in. We never we sent people into wars. We put them on ships, we put them on Higgins boats, and we sent them overseas to fight against exactly what we have got going on in this country right now. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk nine W WRD, the Voice of the Carolinas.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
2: Well, we got the uh, email earlier today that Jeff Duncan is not going to be running for re-election in the 3rd Congressional District here in South Carolina. That's going to be an interesting development um, we have heard that he's, he was already going to have some primary challengers, um, but this, is, uh, this makes it a little bit easier. So he's not actually going to be primary. He's just not going to run for re-election. And, um, and it kind of came as a surprise to me, but then when I thought about it and I got some of your comments and all of that throughout the day, I mean, uh, he's get, there is an elephant in the room when it comes to Jeff Duncan. And it's not going to be one that he's going to want to talk about in public right i mean when you you know you get up there at the barbecue and you uh, praise your wife in front of all those people and then immediately jump on a plane after it's over with and go to washington dc to meet with your paramour, who is a a dc lobbyist um that doesn't look good especially for a guy that ran on family va- faith and family values. Remember that was the name of the bar, the Faith and Family Barbecue. That's what he had. And then we found out that, you know, maybe the whole family part wasn't so important to him after all. So, it's it's just one of the things that um that he was going to have to talk about. 100% going to have to talk about that and did not want to talk about it. He he just didn't want to talk about it. Now we're hearing that Nancy Mace from the 1st Congressional District might actually have a primary challenger of her own, and that person could be her former chief of staff. Whoa, how about that? I just reached out to some uh, folks that are in the know, and, I you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm a little proud of myself. Sometimes I'm a little proud of myself um, because I scooped some people here. So uh, I have some very well-connected people uh, in state politics down in Charleston, and I just reached out to one of them, and I said, have you heard about Hanlon uh, primarying Mace? Um, uh, and they're like, I don't even know who that is. Uh, so let me just uh, – or chief of staff. Let's see. And I misspelled chief, but she'll forgive me. Let's see. So anyway, uh, this guy um, – Hannah, Dan Hanlon is going to primary maze. From what we're hearing, um, that's going to be coming up. But he's got to what, March 30th to file for this. And we'll see if that happens. So, anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Just, crazy things going on in politics right here. Crazy. And I mean, but the craziest thing of all, craziest thing of all happened yesterday. This was absolutely nuts. It really was. So you've got a member of uh, the South Carolina House in a meeting with, with special interest groups, and this guy starts telling them that we've got that they've got to step up. They've got to provide more funds to oust Freedom Caucus members. What? I know, right? I, I didn't believe it at all when I first heard it, but, but, but there it was. It's absolutely true. Pretty amazing. It really is. This guy, that, and, and listen, I don't even know if this is legal for him to do this. Because, I mean, that's fundraising during a meeting when he's on taxpayer dollars, right? So, Oh, my gosh you know you're sitting here and you got and you got to wonder what 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 did the what did the freedom caucus do that upset these people so much that they would agree with democrats just think about that for a minute they're agreeing with the democrats on this and not only that we heard you know uh, uh, some bills today that uh, republicans Air quotes there. Republicans were actually making deals with the Democrats about giving transition transition surgery uh, to minors. That uh, folks, listen, it's got to end. That's got to end. These these things that are going on in our state house have to end. This is from Fitz News on the same day. South Carolina's Fiscally Conservative Freedom Caucus unveiled its 2024 legislative agenda. The Palmetto State's ruling uniparty made it abundantly clear what it thinks of the group's members and the lengths it's willing to go to in order to shut them down. During a panel discussion hosted yesterday by the South Carolina Natural Gas Association, Assistant South Carolina House Majority Leader Jay West of Anderson assailed members of the Freedom Caucus as crazies and urged a room full of special interest to assist him and other uniparty leaders in recruiting candidates to run against them and raise money to defeat them in this year's legislative elections. He said, y'all need to help us get rid of them. West proceeded to urge the assembled special interest to raise more money to defeat fiscal conservatives in the upcoming legislative races as to elect more Normal people in South Carolina. West remarks were echoed by two other panel participants, South Carolina Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto and Democratic Representative Joseph Jefferson. According to sources, Hutto actually told the lobbyists in attendance that they need to do a better job of raising money to help uniparty leaders get rid of the crazies. Jefferson was not quite as bold as his two colleagues, but he reportedly concurred with their remarks and told the panel that we need more normal people to run. Now, understand, he's a Democrat. Now, Jay West is supposed to be a Republican. Well, Jay West was a Democrat up until when? 2016, I believe it was. And then all of a sudden became a Republican. Now he's showing actually who he, who he really is. So they're trying to oust the, <laughs> the Freedom Caucus here. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, we, we, had, uh, we had Adam Morgan on the program just a little while ago, and, and he I mean he can't believe it. But what is the legality of that? You're there among special interest groups, and you are trying to raise money. Now, that's my dollar you're spending. That's my time when you're there. I don't want you to be doing any politicking, On my time. You need to do that on your time. I mean, you're a part-time employee. Do it on your time. But they're trying to raise money. So let's just say for a second that you're a member of the Carolina's Natural Gas Association. And you're meeting with some members of the House. And they want you to raise money to oust the Freedom Caucus. Are you going to be asking for anything in return? I would. I would, actually, I would absolutely ask for something in return, like a reduction in some fees, maybe some tax credits, maybe some other taxpayer perks that I wouldn't normally get if somebody hadn't asked me a favor. You see, everything about Columbia, everything about Washington is quid pro quo. And it's as dirty as the day is long. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Welcome back to the program. Uh, let's go to the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800 9050989 We'll talk to Oyster Man in Traveler's Rest. Oyster Man, how you doing? Hey, man, I tell you what, it's so cold, it's just making my short
1: sleeves feel better. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. What's up, buddy? Oh, I tell you. Um, I've heard you a couple of times. I hadn't been able to call in until now. Mm-hmm. But uh, this thing about, you know, we, we, we've we got to identify those people in Colombia a little bit better than what they are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I think we ought to put a D behind all their names. Just yeah. Put a D. Okay. And then we can put a in a little quotations after that. So they're a dumb a <laughs> unless they prove to us that they're Republican. Yeah, exactly. I love it. You think? So be, yeah. yeah you think? I think a DA right there. Yeah. I DA, think it would be perfect. And then, when they, and then when they prove to us that they are actually Republicans, then we can remove it, but they'll have to sign a statement. You know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. Yeah, but and, and that's the thing. Oyster, man, I appreciate your call. That's the thing. Okay. I mean, here's here's this guy. You know, we got all these rhinos in Colombia that claim to be Republicans. You know, they want to get the normal, normal people. Listen, if those people are normal— I, I don't want to be normal. I, I don't want to be that kind of normal. Do you? Of course not. If those people, and I'll go further than that, if those are the Republicans, I don't have a whole lot in common with those people. So what they actually do is they actually make me question whether or not I am a Republican. Now, I'm certainly a conservative, But if that's what if that's their party's values, if that's what their party stands for, I'm not sure I got a home there. I'm not. And that's a darn shame. Because you and I, we haven't changed this whole MAGA movement. I I remember I remember Russia's last uh, uh, Christmas. uh, In fact, it was the last show that he did um, before his death. And he was talking about the MAGA movement. And he said something very insightful, very insightful. He said, the MAGA movement was here before Trump. We just didn't know. It just didn't have a name. It didn't have a name. And he said the MAGA movement will be here long after Trump is gone. And he's absolutely right about that. But what has been so unfortunate here over the past several decades is that people decided that the only way, I mean, if you're, if you're here in South Carolina and, and you want to get into politics, if you look at the demographics, you look at the makeup of the state, you look at the voting records and all of that, what is the best way to do that? What's the best way to get in and still make the changes that you want to make? Well, the best way to be would just be trans-political. Yeah, we got these trans-political people out there. I mean, since the trans movement is so big all across the globe now, let's just uh, talk talk about these people as being trans-political folks. You're actually a Democrat, but you're identifying as a conservative or a Republican. You're trans. Congratulations. Now you've got a a, a point of, of intersectionality. But they don't, their ideals, I mean, their ideals haven't changed. So so understand that. So let me just, because I don't want to miss this point. I don't want to miss this point. If you want to, let's say you're a Democrat, you're a hardcore Democrat, but you know that in your district there is no way that you're going to win. No way that you're going to win if you go into politics. So what you say is, here's what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, I'm going to dress up like a Republican. And I'm going to start talking like a Republican and whenever I can, or whenever I have to, I'm going to act like a Republican. And then I'm going to run for office. And as soon as I'm in office, then I'm going to act like a Democrat. Now, what I'll do is I will, I'll, I'll vote for a few conservative bills. I will kind of hold my nose on a couple of bills, and I vote just enough to get a decent score. But on the things that really matter to me, like transgender ideology, like the mutilation of young people. Then I'm going to shed my conservative robes and I'm going to vote like a Democrat. That's what they do. And they do it more often than not. I mean, tell me how many real conservatives would have signed on to that legislation to bring Scout Motors to South Carolina Give them $1.7 billion, pass a ridiculous hate crimes bill that includes gender language in it, roll over and play dead, would try to block good abortion bills, would try to block constitutional carry, would try to block uh, protecting women's sports, because they've done all of that, every single bit of it they've done. Nancy, I mean, Sandy Sin knows good and damn well she could not have won her district down in the Low Country if she ran on what she really was, and that's a Democrat. And then, and then, even even more nefariously, even more nefariously than ideology is money. I'm going to vote for these bills that benefit me or benefit somebody that I know, or is going to bring more money to me. And a lot of people do that as well. A lot of people get into politics for their own self-interest. And it's, it's time that that came to, us, uh, to a, a, a screaming halt. And it can be done. It can absolutely be done. We've seen you do it. We saw you do it a couple of days ago. Saw you do it with that with that those the, the changes in the party rules. So anyway, there you go. It is disgusting. H.L. Mencken said, "Every decent man has been ashamed of the government that is he uh, uh, that he's under." And, and he's right, absolutely right. Every decent man is ashamed of the government he lives under. That was H.L. Mencken. And H.L. Mencken is absolutely right. I, I'm, I, I'm ashamed of our state legislature. For the most part, other than the good work that the people of the, uh, the, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus is doing, I mean, when can, when, you, can you, when can you stand up and go, yes, we did it? No, no. Think of what this state would be like if it wasn't for people like those Freedom Caucus members. You need to get behind those guys, folks. You really do. And then somebody said, oh, we wouldn't have Boeing here if the Freedom Caucus had their way. We wouldn't have BMW here. Wait a minute. Hold on. No. Freedom Caucus hadn't been around that long. They'd just been around for a couple of years. Is it two years now that they've been around? That's, that's, that's not a long time at all. But look at the changes that they've made. And they did it because it was in your best interest. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, we haven't talked a whole lot about the Biden administration uh, on this episode, but let's do that now. There is a report out that Hunter Biden's art dealer. Now, remember this? They were telling us that that these people that were buying Hunter Biden's artwork, nobody, they were anonymous. Nobody knew who these people were. We have no idea. Uh Oh, another lie that the Bidens have been caught in. So we know, we know that Hunter Biden's uh, art buyers, his customers, are actually just donors. That's all it is. It's just donors. But according to news reports, Hunter Biden's art dealer called Joe Biden and met with him at the White House. The Biden White House claimed that there were all sorts of ethics measures in place to avoid any appearance of any impropriety or any corruption. But now it looks like, you know, just shock. This is my shock face here. Um, That was all a big, fat lie. The art dealer who sold Hunter Biden's paintings told Congress that President Joe Biden both called and met him at the White House as he was pitching Hunter's artwork and that the first son also made an unusual request to be informed about who bought his pieces. That's direct testimony. And it proves that Joe Biden and his administration are just a bunch of liars. The Biden uh, White House told the public that Hunter Biden's art sales were covered by an ethics agreement to ensure they were at arm's length. And that the first family Hunter included was blinded to the identity of the buyers. But George Burgess, owners of the prestigious Burgess Art Galleries based in New York and Berlin that sold Hunter Biden's paintings from 2020 to 2023, told congressional impeachment investigators that the first son likely knew the identity of 70% of the buyers, the largest who were Democrat donors, and that Hunter Biden's first contract made an unusual request when the relationship started. It's another piece of evidence, in many, that the Biden crime family— Knew everything that was going on. And I'll say it before, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the most corrupt administration in American political history. You know it and I know it. The Biden family is big on the grift and they've been getting away with it for years. In fact, a new report also came out um, here, uh, I think it was yesterday, that remember the gun. That Hunter Biden had that he wasn't supposed to have because he's a, dr- <laughs> he was actively using drugs at the time. Do you know what they had on it? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, cocaine. They found cocaine on the case, the gun case that Hunter Biden had when he was not supposed to have it because he lied on an FBI form to get it. It was cocaine on the case. That oughta. That there you go. There you go. That's that's pr- how many more? How many more lies before people wise up? How many more lies? It's just unbelievable. It really is. So now listen to this. Now the Biden administration and the health and human services, they are spending $700,000 on teen pregnancy. Okay. Now you might, you might think, Hey, 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 Charlie, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with preventing teen pregnancy and I'm all for it, but hold on. You don't know the whole story. They want to prevent teen pregnancy for transgender boys. Yeah, you heard me right. $700,000 for a pregnancy prevention program intended to target teenage girls who identify themselves as boys. Well, if they identify themselves as boys, but they're still having relations like a girl, I don't get it. This whole thing is far too confusing for me. It really is. Data suggests that abfab whatever that is, uh, trans identified youth may be less likely to use condoms when having sex with people who have male anatomy, and are less likely to be less likely as cisgender girls to be pregnant. Oh my gosh, this this is ridiculous. It really is. It really is. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This this all of this trans identity BS is just unbelievable and they keep putting it out there and they are hurting these kids they are hurting these kids so how are they trying to get everything that they are doing by the american people well propaganda do you remember when obama overturned i mean it was a, i don't know if it was a law or more of a rule or whatever that a uh, propaganda could not be used by the american government on the american people You remember that? It was a long-standing rule. Might have even been a law. can't remember. But uh, Obama did away with that. So the Biden administration used a counterterrorism grant to fund anti-conservative propaganda. Oh! The Department of Homeland Security paid an activist group $700,000 to create self-described propaganda that attacked conservatives. The DHS used a grant program intended to combat terrorists. Now, I do understand that they consider those two to be the same thing, that conservatives are terrorists. I get that. But it's called the Targeted Violence and and Terrorism Prevention Program, and they paid activists to write blog posts that criticize Donald Trump and other conservatives under the guise of media literacy. In its funding application, the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab declared that propaganda and misinformation concerning topics, including immigration and racial justice, had become disruptive. It asked DHS for funding to run a community-created counter So the University of Rhode Island actually got in touch with the Biden administration and said, hey, 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 we need money so that we can counter- All of this, uh, all of everything that Donald Trump's saying. They said propaganda can also be used for socially beneficial purposes. Indeed, because the public has long been recognized as being suggestible. The United States has uh, long made use of beneficial propaganda during World War I, World War II, the Cold War, the grant application said. The findings positioned the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab as a closely linked activist group, Media Literacy Now!, and the center of a sprawling, in the, at the center of a sprawling government-funded campaign to run propaganda aimed at American citizens against conservatives. So just think about that. When you worked, when you worked a little bit today, some of that money that you made went to this grant for the University of Rhode Island to write propaganda pieces against you and your ideology. Oh, H.L. Minken was right. He was right. Every decent man is ashamed of the government that he lives under. Boy, I'm ashamed of this one. My God, state, local, federal. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for any of them right now. All right, folks, we are going to get out of here. What is the low going to be tonight? It was cold, cold, cold last night. I guarantee you that. Let's just take a Rick, uh, little quick look here going to get down to uh, 21 tonight. Y'all be careful out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. As always, we love you. God bless. Buckle up. Bye, y'all.